buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. What is happening? Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. And today, as always, I've got a fantastic guest for you. I've got Carson Heady. He's an author. He's a sales director over at Microsoft. And uh, if you've been listening since the Sales Hustle days, which weren't that long ago, uh, you may have heard him on the show before. But today, it's a little bit of a different uh, format here. So we're going to dig into more of Carson's experience and pull learning lessons out of that. Carson, welcome back for round two. I have to say, you are the first person ever to come back for a second time. So. Wow. Well, hey, that's I take that as high praise, Colin. It's always good to uh, be with you, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to learn a little bit more about your story. Um, you know, I know that you're a best-selling author. Uh, we can talk about your book and kind of, you know, what led you up to there. You're eight-time President's Club winner across, you know, six sales leadership roles. So, so tons of uh, experiences, t- lots of success that we can pull things out of there. But let's just start sort of at the beginning. Like, when the heck did you get into sales? Why and why have you stuck with it so long? Yeah, it was completely by accident. Um, it was one of those things. Surprise. Where, yeah, I mean, I think that's common, right? I mean, we get to talk to yeah. sellers all the time, and I think it's, sometimes it's very inadvertent. Um, there wasn't as much focus when I was in, in uh, school on uh, training people to become great sellers. So um, I thought I was going for a customer service job. I knew somebody, imagine <laughs> that, right, that uh, yeah. got me into the interview loop for this role. And I started out in telecom and telecommunications for, at the time, Southwestern Bell, now AT&T. Um, I spent about eight and a half years there um, in different facets. I started in more of a one-call close environment, um, working mm-hmm. with business customers and then residential customers. Uh, talk about a tough sell, somebody calling in, uh, complaining about their bill being high, and then you have to turn around and upsell their package. Um, but worked in a one-call close environment, um, spent time as a uh, sales leader at AT&T in multiple different capacities, um, and then ultimately went into the Yellow Pages division. Um, I've had background in retail, I've had background in wireless, um, and then ultimately joined Microsoft about seven and a half years ago. Uh, a lot that transpired um, through the uh, through the time, but uh, really have run the gamut between that one call close environment and uh, working in enterprise sales cycles. Wow. All right. So a lot to unpack there. I want to kind of start at the beginning because I'm very curious, you know, what skills, what things that you learned in that one call close environment where not only was it one call close, but you're also talking to people that in a lot of cases are probably pissed off about something. You got to back them off the ledge and then sell them something. And it was often back to back calls. I I think when I think back about that time, Colin, what would probably sticks with me most 
is that it forced me to pick up best practices from other people and assimilate them into my process. I've always been a big believer in people and relationship creation, but also process. How can I best execute process? And so if I figured out what the best were doing and I looked at these metrics that would ultimately lead for lead to me getting paid and I figure out, okay, this is how I need to optimize this metric. This is how I need to optimize this metric. I just found who was doing the best in each figured out what they were doing, and then I assimilated that into my process. So um, that's what I remember most about the very beginning, not to mention the fact that often there were days of, you know, 100 plus calls back to back to back to back. So it teaches you that uh, resilience, um, that drive, that mindset that you need to be a sales champion. Uh, we, we've all got to pay our dues. And uh, yeah, I've been very fortunate because I've been promoted. Um, I've moved up and uh, been able to lead sales teams. Um, but that doesn't happen overnight. Um, and it, it, sales excellence is not about excellent sales. It's about really becoming a student of the game, understanding the parameters, what you can control. So I always try to find the best, emulate the best, become the best. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, mirroring people, picking up what's working from other people is is definitely a, a good way when you're getting started. Um, I have a little experience um, of my own when I first got started of, of using that as part of my process of growth in sales. Um, and it sort of backfired on me a little bit. So you do have to be careful because not everybody in sales is going to have the same morals as you. <laughs> and uh, I, I, you know, was on the sales floor and started, you know, sort of just mirroring what somebody else was saying and started getting some sales. And somebody came along that had been there a while and said, you really shouldn't say that on the, on your phone calls. And I'm like, why the heck would I not say that? It's it's working, you know. I'm I'm knocking down numbers left and right by using this new uh, found phrases that I'm using in my pitch. And he said, "Yeah, but it's not true." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, okay. but it's it's working. I don't understand, <laughs> you know." And uh, so you definitely got to pick and choose who you who you mirror and who you pick up things for, sure. but. But it is a a good place to get started. And, and some of the best people that I've worked with in sales are people that are able to adapt and learn quickly um, and just soak things up like a sponge, right? Like you can't, not everything that you need to know is going to be foon, uh, spoon fed to you. You know, there's things that you need to just pick up and take some action, like you said, and, you know, figure out who the best are and, and see what's working for them and implement it and try it in your own process. Yeah, I love that, Colin. And, and I look at it very similar to being like an athlete. You know, you understand the playing field and you understand the parameters. Sometimes it's not about hitting that home run. It's about how do I hit that bloop single over the first baseman's head. But every ballpark is also different. So, yeah, I've worked in a lot of different industry verticals. I you know, just mentioned I worked in telecommunications. I've been in advertising, retail, IT solution sales. Each one is very different, but the fundamentals are often very similar. How am I creating relationships? How am I investing um, in these customer relationships? How am I prospecting, creating new relationships uh, within the line of business with the influencers and the decision makers? How am I engaging all the resources that are at my disposal so that I can be um, optimally effective? And so I loved what you said about the adaptation element as well, because we have to be chameleons in sales. I mean, look at what we've encountered over the last year and a half within a pandemic. A lot of us who are used to face-to-face uh, -face sales um, yeah. have had to transition to being effective in a much more virtual world. So how are we leveraging those tools? How are we putting the same fundamentals in practice in maybe more of a digital medium? So um, couldn't agree more about the adaptation, uh, but the fundamentals are still at the core. 
Yeah, yeah. The fundamentals are not going to change. You still got to prospect. You still got to run discovery calls. You still got to negotiate. You still got to know how to ask for the order, right? Um, but there's even a lot of people talking about all the like psychographics of, of things now too. There's people that you're going to be more aligned with or, you know, kind of meeting uh, your sale, the, the, your sales process and meeting that with the way that particular people buy because people buy differently. And some people are more, they want to know facts and data. You know, there's other people that, you know, because they like you and trust you, they're going to buy. And, and there's people in between. And there's, you know, it kind of pisses me off sometimes when there's people that are like, no, it's this way or it's that way. And it's no, it's 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 what works for you. And it's what works in each situation, which can be different industry, relationship, vertical, you're working. And there's just so many variables to say that there's one right or wrong answer. I couldn't agree more. Um, having been a sales coach for many years and also being able to talk to salespeople all over the world, um, it's it's amazing to me how many different approaches uh, do work. And frankly, I think that's why team selling or even just leveraging different colleagues or different perspectives as you are uh, building your sales process or even just engaging in a deal, um, these things can be so impactful because you're going to put a people, you know, a group of people together to get a deal done, and everybody's going to have a unique vantage point. Everybody's going to have their own experiences. Everybody's going to have different things that worked for them uh, when they were at that leg in the race. And and frankly, when you're working on a deal, um, a lot of it is just that ability to uh, see around corners and and anticipate mm -hmm. what's going to transpire. Um, so I couldn't agree more. Everybody's going to come with their own unique vantage point around the sale. The, around the sale, they're all valid, and I think that's why specifically as a sales coach and a sales leader, I'm never looking to change somebody's process. I'm looking for where might there be gaps in the process that we can work on improving together. Yeah. Yeah. There's even creepy technology these days to tell you, you know, how to, uh, I, I had a guy on, I recorded yesterday, um, named Scott and he's got this AI tool called, uh, I can never pronounce it right, but it's Cyrano.ai. And when I first met the guy, uh, he, we went on a zoom call and we had a conversation and then he sent me the report on myself oh, wow. and it was, it was too creepy. I didn't talk to the guy for a few months after that. <laughs> he was a little space after that. eh? Yeah. You know, what's it funny was... about that Colin is when, when I started in selling and I mean, I've been in, in environments where we were calling prospects off Excel spreadsheets, picking up a physical phone, dialing yeah. and, you know, then seeing the advent of the auto dialer and, and uh, now with artificial intelligence, being able to literally go in and pinpoint phone calls with customers where certain words were said or not said, it blows my mind. Um, but that just speaks to that adaptation element. You know, we all, all have to adapt to the effectiveness of the tools that are around us. And that's, it's kind of like a doctor over time. I mean, if there's new technologies, new certain, you know, new ways of doing surgery, you have to learn these new methods to become optimally effective. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true. I mean, the the best elite sellers like yourself know that you you never stop learning in sales. There's going to be new ways of doing things, new technology, new things that you can do to help you do your better your job better, you know, new ways to figure out what is the best way to approach this deal or this buying team or, you know, team selling which is, you know, something that's, you know, been done for a while in enterprise sales, but uh, more, you know, smaller organizations are starting to pick that up as well, um, which there's a lot of value uh, in that, that a lot of people haven't taken advantage of for a long time. 
I love that you said that about always learning um, because a lot of people are focused on winning. And I got to tell you, winning comes and goes. You know, I think any anybody that fights for wins, um, you know, we've all had that taste of victory, but it doesn't last. What lasts is the learning and the growth and the relationships and the people and the experiences. That's what lasts. Um, so you've got to have that mindset of always learning. Uh, you know, what what books are we reading? What podcasts are we diving into? Um, how are we honing our craft and improving our skills? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up books because I'm I'm curious to... Uh, when did you decide to go down the path of writing your book and what can people expect in your book? Cause I'd like, you know, you to kind of share with the listeners where they can pick it up, uh, and what they can learn out of there. Yeah. And you know what, Colin, I think one of the things that I always try to impart is that nothing that I've done can't be easily replicated. Like, don't get me wrong. It took a lot of effort to write a book and also to get it published. I mean, I reached out to thousands of publishers and agents uh, throughout that process. I got a lot of rejection. Um, but, you know, you, it just takes one person to say, yeah, I'll publish this thing and I'll distribute it. Um, so for me, it was one of the most impactful things in my life. But it was also one of those things where because of the book that I had written, it made me become, it, my resume was noticed for a role that I got about a decade ago that led me into another role because of a relationship I created at that company that ultimately led me to Microsoft. I wouldn't be here if I hadn't written that book years ago. I haven't sold enough to retire. It was never about that. It was more because I felt like I had something to say. So your question was around the impetus for why I wrote it. I've always enjoyed writing. Um, when I was at AT&T, I wrote uh, a column for a newsletter that they had within the uh, AT&T division that I was in. And all my columns were about sales. And I was like, you know, I wouldn't mind writing a sales book, but it's been done well so many times. I would hate to try to replicate that model. So I tried to create something more unique, more of a parable or a story around a fictional character or a fictional protagonist that I created who kind of writes this book within the book. And then you uncover, like, how did he learn all of these lessons along the way? So it's more of a narrative and more of a novel, uh, but it's got a sales book inside of that novel. And uh, so I wrote Birth of a Salesman about a decade ago, and that was kind of the one that led me on this journey. The last one was Salesman on Fire. And I've never... I would never set out to write something just to write it. Um, I, I would want to write it with something meaningful to say. And so Salesman on Fire is more about re reinvention. Uh, we're mm -hmm. always called upon, uh, you know, to the point of the conversation that we've been having today, we're always called upon to reinvent, to adapt. Um, and I don't care if you're a, you know, 20 something starting out in sales or you're, a, you know, you, you've been in sales for 20 years. Uh, we're always having to continue learning. We're always having to continue yeah. to learn and grow. And frankly, sometimes, you know, you get your teeth kicked in. Uh, if you're in sales long enough, um, you, you're going to pay your dues. Sometimes you're going to pay them multiple times. Stuff's going to happen yeah. to you that's not fair. Um, you know, you've got to be resilient. You got to be strong and you've got to persevere. And that's what Salesman on Fire is all about. I love that. I mean, yeah, if you're not getting your teeth kicked in, then then you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're not exactly. Uh, you're, you're not taking the right risks. Um, you know, yeah. I think the key element is uh, you've got to make sure that you take strategic risks in your career. And I've taken some that didn't pan out, but I learned a heck of a lot from them, and every one of them led me to where I am today. I have zero regrets, yeah. and I'm truly living my dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting your getting your teeth kicked in is sometimes the most valuable learning lesson, you know, uh, and especially a lot of salespeople that, that I talk to and including myself, we're pretty stubborn people a lot of times and somebody can tell us, Hey, you should do this or go that way or don't do that. And 
you probably may not listen to them until you experience that firsthand, you know, uh, we all have probably our own stories, you know, whether it's, you know, not having the proper people in the buying committee or, you know, not, you know, fully qualifying properly or, you know, booking deals that you knew, you know, probably weren't good deals, you know, whatever the case is that have backfired and you're like, wow, okay, the stove is hot. I'm not going to put my hand on there again. <laughs> Well, it's the same thing as, you know, my parents used to give me a lot of guidance that was spot on and I, I didn't listen. I had to learn the hard way. And I, I think as sellers, a lot of times, to your point, you, you articulated it very well. We are we are often stubborn. We have to learn it the hard way. But um, I think whether it's a, a maybe it's a misstep in the process or not understanding a buying signal or not knowing uh, the buyer's process as well as you should, these things can bite you and you will lose. You will lose to competitors. Um, you lose to yourself or your own arrogance or you know m- you know misdirection. Uh, but the more that you can do to take these losses or learnings and have them inform future actions, the more effective you'll be. Uh, you'll get to yeah. the point where um, you can see around those corners and you can anticipate all of these things coming, and you know all the right questions to ask. You know all the right people to have in the boat with you on the on your side, and also all the right influencers to have and things to understand on the customer side. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, those, those lessons are, are so valuable to making you more efficient in, in the next time, you know, a similar situation happens, you know, exactly, exactly what to do. Um, and you can actually celebrate those losses as painful as it sounds, you know, you can dissect them. Hey, you know, sort of post-mortem here, you know, what happened, what went wrong, review the notes, review the calls, you know, every step, to figure out. And you know what? The, the the tough part about it is, even if you do everything right, you still can lose. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know? And I will say that the best thing that ever happened to me was the one year that I missed goal because mm-hmm. it never happened again. And because I thought that I was good before and that I approached my business strongly before, I turned it up a notch after that. And it just, it made me even more effective. I, I love what you said about celebrating those losses because they just make you better. Yeah, yeah. Do you have some some big losses that you could uh, share with us and, and what you learned yeah. out of them? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember one of my first years as a seller and um, I lost a pretty substantial compete situation and there was a lot of egg on my face um it was i was relatively new but nevertheless i mean i had somewhat of a reputation built up as as a as a seller in a previous role um and so you know coming into this role again relatively new into the into my time and tenure it was a situation where i thought that i had all of the controllables i did not have people in the boat with me that could have helped me be more effective I didn't have all the insight that I needed. I didn't have some of the buyer uh, or influencers or even the influencers of influencer relationships <laughs> that I needed at the other organization. And um, I just, it, it was a lost deal. And it's like, you, you look at these things and I think it's important to do two things, Colin. One, you look back and you do kind of a post-mortem on that deal mm-hmm. and you look at what went wrong, um, you know, and get feedback from the customer, you know, go to them and say like, hey, I look, you know, I understand you went this direction. I respect that. Um, I'd love to just sit down, you know, maybe help me understand how we could have supported better, um, how we could have been a better partner, that sort of thing. But the second element is that ability to don't dwell on that loss. You know, you you take that with you as 
the next time you face a similar situation, you know exactly what to do. And look, I, I could list off a litany of losses that I've had over the years as far as from a deal perspective where um, I thought we were right there at the end of a deal. And then it turned out that there was another process that the customer had to go through for a legal approval perspective. And nobody had told me about it. Uh, maybe I didn't know to ask because I thought I had asked the right questions, but I didn't. Uh, but then what did that teach me? It taught me how to better articulate that question and which people did I need to reach out to in organizations to make sure that uh, that never bit me again. So uh, those types of things are super uh, impactful. Know your competitors, um, know where they have strengths, where you where you have weaknesses. Um, you know, you you can only do so much around the selling environment, Colin. You've got to control all of the controllables because like you just said, you can do everything right and still lose. All you can do is hedge your bets, control the controllables, play the odds. And um, over time, if you do that, you will be successful, but you're not going to win every time. Yeah, yeah. And even and even the best sellers lose more than they win, whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> yeah. You know. So true. Um, but it's it's it can be stressful, you know. It's a lot it's a lot of work. You know, it is. And if you if you can and it takes a certain mental toughness and uh, you know, not tying sort of your happiness or your self worth to the what you have in the win column can be difficult for a lot of sellers. So, you know, Controlling the controllables, like you said, is is huge. And show up and make sure that you don't make those same mistakes that you learn from those, you know, losses um, is huge. But you're still going to lose more than you're going to win, and that's okay. It's not for the faint of heart. Um, you know, I I love the uh, Kevin Costner baseball movie um, where you know, uh, for the love of the game. And there's a scene in there where he's standing on the mound and he just like shuts it all off and he says, clear the mechanism. And he's able to block out everything around him. And sometimes you've got to push through. You've got to push through tough conversations, uh, tough negotiations, losses. Um, but at the end of it, if you continue to learn and you continue to bring a positive mindset and you celebrate even small wins, um, you, know, you celebrate these wins and you celebrate the wins while they last um, you look to create meaningful relationships, both with customer organizations and with colleagues. Uh, you will uh, have a very rewarding career. Um, you know, I, I just sales has been phenomenally good to me, but it hasn't all been just wonderful, blissful moments. But over time, as you just continue to focus on the step, focus on the call you're on, optimize each day and each conversation, you'll come out ahead. Absolutely. Carson, thanks so much for coming on again for round two. First First person ever to come back for a second time. Um, so uh, just let everybody know, please, before you go, where they can connect with you, where they can find the books, and anything else you want to let them know that we're going to include in the show notes for them. Love it. No, thanks again, Colin. And now you've set a high bar because I want to be the first person to be invited back for a third time as well. <laughs> um, so, but no, thanks so much. I always appreciate our chats. And, uh, you know, I just... If, if anybody could take away something from this conversation today, look, I'm a small town kid from the Midwest U.S. Like there is literally no reason, um, you know, rhyme or reason why somebody like me could rise to be regarded as the top social seller in Microsoft or could have, you know, four books that have been bestsellers. 
Um, but I think the key element that you need to focus on is always be investing in yourself, whether that's learning yeah, or growth yeah. or whether it's, you know, funneling your passions into something that adds value for other people. Uh, these are the words that I've lived by, and I've always just tried to make that true to my brand. Um, people can find the books via Barnes & Noble, Amazon, um, also, I believe, Walmart.com. And uh, as far as finding me, please do. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. Also on Twitter, uh, CVHeady007. Uh, would love to connect. I love connecting with sellers all over the world. Awesome. Thanks again, Carson. Really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.